Amen. Thank you, ladies, so very, very much. Well, good morning. Everybody glad you're in school today? Don't you love the snow? All right, it's beautiful, you know. We're in Wisconsin. So whether the weather be good or whether the weather be not, whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot, whatever the weather will weather the weather, whether we like it or not, amen? So we're thankful for that. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So let's take our Bibles, please. Find the book of Jude. Just go to the back. You'll find the concordance, the book of the Revelation, and the book of Jude, okay? So let's go back a few years. Some of you, maybe a few months. Some of you will be a few years. You're thinking about coming to Maranatha. You're a senior in high school or maybe a junior. You're trying to decide, what am I going to do with my life? I really want to make a difference. I want to have an impact in our world. What am I going to do? Maybe you're a faculty member, a staff member. You go back a year or two or a few years back or a number of years back, and you think, well... What's God got in, plan, in store for me? What am I going to do with my life? How, how's this all going to work out? Well, look at Jude in verse number 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Students, our world is in need of people who make a difference. I'm talking about people who make a difference in what goes on around them, in what is said around them, in what people think about when they're with them, what people desire when they're with them, where people go when they're with them. It's almost as though today... God is looking for someone like you to stand in the gap. Someone who's willing to just be really sold out for Christ. Someone that's willing to demonstrate to the world what God can do through one person who's just totally, completely, 100% given over to God. The book of Jude, of course, is dealing with apostasy in the last days. We read about that in verses 3 and 4. In the midst of all of the apostasy and all of the last days that are taking place, Jude says we need to show compassion. The idea there is to show kindness or mercy, to be of benefit or assistance to others especially those who are experiencing difficulty from the ever-present apostates. One writer said, we must have mercy for these victims of evil influence. Another writer said, we ought to do all that we can to rescue these out of the snare of the devil and thus have an impact 
on their lives. And so I submit to you this morning that you can make a difference. Think about it. How many did it take to help the victims who got mugged on the Jericho Road? Just one. We call him the Good Samaritan. How many were chosen by God to step up to the plate and confront Pharaoh and lead the Exodus? Just one. His name's Moses. How many sheep got lost and became the all-important concern of the shepherd? Just one. How many were needed to confront adulterous David and to really bring him to his knees in repentance? Just one, Nathan. How many prophets were called to stand before wicked King Ahab and predict the drought? Just one, Elijah. How many did the Lord use to get attention of the land of Palestine and prepare the way for the Messiah? Just one, John the Baptist. How many became burdened about the absence of the wall around the ancient city of Jerusalem and then later played an incredible role in seeing that, that wall built? Just one. His name's Nehemiah. I think Edward Everett Hale's words live on. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. And so I challenge you, you can make a difference in the world that goes on around you. You can have an impact for Christ. You can do what you ought to do if you'll just do your part. And so I'd like to look at four men in the Bible. As we look at these four different individuals, let's just consider what it was that caused them to have such an impact for Christ. And let's make that personal application for us. The first person I call your attention to is a guy by the name of Daniel. In fact, if you want to flip in your Bible over to Daniel chapter 1, you can do so. His name means God is my judge. You'll remember Daniel was carried into captivity Uh, He's a teenager. In the midst of all of that, he's exercising some incredible self-control. He's been used of God later on to interpret some dreams. In fact, you'll remember one of the kings was having a a giant party, and in the midst of this party, you know, they'd taken the articles and items from the house of God, and they were desecrating them. And, And in the midst of that, all of a sudden, there's this hand that appears on the side of the wall. And the Bible says that the king stands up and his knees are knocking together and he's wondering what's going on and he calls in all of his wise men and his his soothsayers and his astrologers and nobody knows what's happening there. Nobody can interpret that. And finally, it's the king's mom. She stands up. She says, hey, there was a guy in your dad's kingdom by the name of Daniel. He's able to interpret such things. They called for Daniel. He washed. He got himself ready. You can almost see him. Every eye is on him as he walks down the aisle. He comes to the front, and the king begins to explain to him what he's going to do. Daniel said, you can keep all of that. And he looks at the writing on the wall, and he says, King, your days are numbered, and your kingdom's going to be divided. 
And you'll all remember from history that it was that very night that the Medo-Persian Empire took over Babylon. Daniel. He's the guy that when they said, hey, don't pray, he went up to his room like he had done, the Bible says, aforetime. He got down on his knees and he prayed. Remember, they put him in the lion's den, and the next morning the king came out and he said, Daniel, are you okay? And he said, my God is able to deliver me. He's a guy of incredible integrity. You look at Daniel, he holds high positions of authority under two separate governments. We would look at Daniel today and say, this man is a godly politician. You say, well, what was it that caused Daniel to make such a difference? Well, look, if you would, in Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 8. Well, let's go to verse number 5. The king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. But you know, you jump back a few verses, and you see in verse number 4, these, Daniel was one of these children in whom there was no blemish. He was well-favored. He was skillful in wisdom. He was cunning in knowledge. He had understanding of science. I, I, I was reading through all of that, and I thought, that's just like you all. You're smart. You're talented. You've got abilities. But you get to verse number 8, and the Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which they drank thereof. You see, Daniel had grabbed a hold of a truth in life, and that is, I have a purpose for being here, and that purpose is to glorify God. And you'll never know that purpose until you come to Christ as your Savior. It was a morning, and the mother called me. She was somewhat frantic, she said, Pastor, would you and Pam be willing to go to the hospital and see our daughter? I said, sure. What's up? Well, just, just go to the hospital and see her. So we hopped in the car and we drove to the hospital. We walked up to the room and there was a 14-year-old girl from our church, uh, incredibly talented, very smart. Uh, she could stand in front of you and play the flute. She could come over here and play the piano. She was like a straight-A student. And so we walked into the room, and I called her by name, and I said, hey, what's up? And she kind of looked away for a moment, and I said, well, why are you here? She looked up at me, and she said, Pastor, I, I, I tried to commit suicide last night. I said, you what? She said, I, I tried to kill myself. I said, Why? I said, you're smart? You're, you're talented? You do well in sports? You do well in, in, in music? And she looked up at me, students, and she said, what's the purpose of living? I opened my Bible to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 12 that we should be to the praise of his glory. I said, Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. 
I could have gone to Colossians chapter 1, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things are created by him and for him. And I looked at her and I said, don't you understand? You have a purpose for your life, and that purpose is to glorify God in everything you do. That's why God puts you on planet earth. And that's why God put you on planet earth. And Daniel had just grabbed a hold of that truth that there is a purpose for my existence and that is whether I eat or drink or whatsoever I do, I do all of it to bring glory and honor to God. And he made a difference. I call your attention to a second person. Turn, if you would, now to the book of Genesis. In chapter number 39, a guy by the name of Joseph You say, well, how did Joseph make a difference? Well, you remember Joseph, he had some divine dreams. His dad had made him a fancy coat of many colors. One day his brothers are out working and doing their work, and his dad comes to him and says, hey, Joseph, I need you to go out and check on your brothers. Again, you kind of picture it in your mind. He goes over to the closet. He pulls out his fancy coat of many colors. You know, he, he, he hops in his Corvette and he drives out to see his brothers. That's all in the Hebrew. And so he's out there to, you know, he's out there to see his brothers. And, and what do they do? They take the coat, they rip it up, they dip it in blood, they send it back to dad. And they said, the animals must have killed your son. They take their brother and they put him in a ditch. Some guys come by and they sell him. You know, I thought about that. I have three brothers and two sisters. We didn't always get along, but man, they never sold me. I mean, you know. So he finds himself down in in Egypt, and and things are going pretty well. And then some false accusations are made against him, and he's back in prison. And and, and then some, you know, some some things happen again. and, And you look at Joseph, and you say, wow. This guy saves his his family from starvation. He saves the entire nation of Egypt from starvation. He is a godly businessman. I mean, he's overseen all of this. You say, well, what was it about Joseph that made him make such a difference? I mean, he's like 17 years old when we first meet him. And he's about your age. Joseph caught a hold of something. He had a purpose in life. And that purpose was to glorify God. And with that purpose in life, he understood something very important. He must keep himself pure. So his master's wife begins to seduce him. He says, I can't do that. Now remember, there's nobody there to hold him accountable. He's a long ways away from his family. There's probably no believers around him. And yet he says here in Genesis 39 and verse number 9, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Students, he understood that if you're going to make a difference in our world, you've got to grab your purpose of glorifying God. And the way we glorify God is by living lives of purity. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, keep yourself pure. 
We simply say no to sin and yes to God. We live lives of purity. Here's a fellow who stayed pure and he said, even though nobody else is around, even though nobody else knows what's going on, even though it's my master's wife who's trying to seduce me, I cannot do this great wickedness and sin against God. Stay pure. Say no to sin. Stay pure. Say yes to God. Just simply live lives of purity. Here's a guy who who made a tremendous difference in his world. And even after dad passes away and his brothers are afraid he's going to try to do some kind of a, a vengeance on his brothers, he still loves them. Because he knew he had a purpose, and that was to glorify God. And in that purpose, he knew he needed to stay pure. I call our attention to a third person. Turn, if you would, to the book of Joshua. You all know about Joshua. He's the servant to Moses. We would say he's kind of like Moses' gopher. Whatever Joshua, Moses needed, Joshua would go for this and go for that and go for here. Joshua was a soldier of the Lord. He's part of the ROTC. He's the military guy. He's one of the ones that was sent in to spy out the land. Remember, Moses sends these guys in, and they go in, and they spy out the land, and they come back, and and what's the report? Ten of them are like, we can't go in there. There's giants in that land. There's big people. They're going to kill us. Joshua and Caleb are saying, no, look at the size of these grapes. I mean, this place is awesome. Let's go conquer it for the Lord. God used Joshua to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. He used Joshua to see the Jordan River open. He used Joshua to see the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. He used Joshua to divide up the land. In fact, even years later, when he and Caleb are octogenarians, that means they're in their 80s, you know, and Caleb says, that mountain over there, that's the one I want. Josh says, go for it, man, it's all yours. You say, well, what was it that caused this one guy named Joshua, a military guy, to make such a difference? He had a purpose in life. He understood that God put him on planet Earth just like God put you and me on planet Earth to bring glory to God. And so when the ten spies said, we can't go, Joshua said, no, God wants us to go, and we got to stay pure, and so let's go. Well, you remember the children of Israel wandered around in the wilderness now for 40 years. Everybody dies off. And it's Joshua now who leads the children of Israel into the promised land. Well, what was it that caused him to grab a hold of that purpose? What was it that caused him to get a hold of that, of that importance of saying no to sin and yes to God when God gives commands and what we ought to do? Well, Joshua understood this. He understood the power of the word of God. Look, if you would, in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. Moses is talking to Joshua, and he said, Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Joshua, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. 
You see, when we want to live a life of purity, when we want to fulfill our purpose, then you've got to know the power of the Word of God. That's why we study it. That's why we read it. That's why we memorize it. That's why we meditate on it. That's why we want to master it in our lives. Because the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the very thoughts and intents of our heart. Paul told the church at Ephesus, he said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication of the saints. And Joshua just simply knew this, if I'm going to fulfill my purpose, if I'm going to stay pure, then I've got to know the Word of God. You all know what I'm talking about. Somebody comes with something and and they're challenging us to do something we ought not do and immediately a verse of scripture comes in that maybe we memorized in King's Kids or Awana or Truth Trackers or Kids for Truth or some program like that and immediately that verse comes to our mind and we say, you know, I can't do that because the word of God is powerful. And the way we fulfill our purpose at bringing glory to God is by staying pure And the way we stay pure is by staying in the powerful word called the word of God. That's why we want to know it. We want to read it. We want to think about it. We want to master it in our lives. Because our flesh is weak, we can't do it on our own. And so we get into the powerful word of God. And it just transforms our lives. Let's go to one more person. How about if we go to the Apostle Paul, turn, if you would, to the book of Romans in chapter number 9. Now, you all know who Paul is. He's the Apostle to the Gentiles. By the way, he's a tent maker, okay? So that's what he does for a living. He's a writer of some 13 books of the New Testament. He goes on three major missionary journeys. He quotes Scripture incredibly. So what was it that caused Paul to make such a difference? You you remember on the road to Damascus, he met the Savior. His life transformed. Now he's got a purpose in life, and that is to bring glory to God. Now he understands the importance of staying pure from sin, to say no to sin and say yes to Christ. He knows now the, the, the power of the Word of God because He's memorized so much of the Old Testament. And so what happens is this. When you have a purpose of bringing glory to God, and you stay pure, and you say no to sin and yes to Christ, and you get into the Bible and you realize how powerful the Word of God actually is in our lives, God begins to develop within us a passion to reach people with the gospel. Whether we're a military person, whether we're a tent maker, whether we're a politician, whether we're a business person, God just develops within us this passion. Romans chapter 9 and verse number 1, I say the truth in Christ, Paul said, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have a great heaviness and a continual sorrow in my heart. 
for I could wish myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren. Whoa, wait a minute, Paul. You could wish yourself were a curse from Christ for your brethren, your kinsmen, according to the flesh? I say the truth in Christ, Paul said. I lie not. Chapter 10 of Romans, brethren, verse number 1. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He said, I bear them record they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. He said, you got to understand. He says, I just, I so dearly want to see people come to Christ. That's my passion. When, when I met Christ on the road to Damascus, I have a purpose now of living, and that's to bring glory to God. And so I have to say, stay pure. I have to say no to sin and yes to God. And I only do that through the power of the word of God because the word of God is it's quick and powerful. And thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so God has put within my heart now a passion to reach people with the gospel. He, he wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, clay pots, sinful people like us, that the power of, may be of God and not of us. He said, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is upon me. He says, I, 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 I have to do this. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. I just have a passion as a tent maker to tell my other business people about Christ. God has just done that work as a, as a, as a traveler going on these missionary trips and tours just to tell people about Christ. College students, I submit to you, you can make a difference in our world. If you'll just grab a hold of that truth that God has a purpose for your life and that is to bring glory to God. And you do that by say, staying pure, by saying no to sin and by saying yes to God. You do that through the power of the word of God you hide it in your life. And God begins to develop within you as a business person, as a teacher, as a doctor, as a nurse, as a lawyer, as a pastor, as a missionary, as an evangelist, As a military soldier, God begins to develop within you a passion to reach others with the gospel so that one day we hear from God, well done, 
You've been a good and faithful servant. If you know it, sing it with me. Give me a passion for souls, dear Lord, a passion to save the lost. Oh, that thy love were by all adored and welcomed at any cost. Jesus, I long, I long to be winning Men who are lost, listening. Oh, may this hour be one of beginning the story of pardon to tell. You can make a difference. Grab your purpose. Stay pure. Know the power of the Bible and ask God to give you a passion to reach people with the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for the opportunity we've had to be in chapel this morning. The songs that we've sung, the society that sang, the announcements and the visitors. Lord, thank you for the incredible opportunity to be part of Maranatha. Now help us Help us to reach this world with the gospel. Help us to make a difference, to be what you want us to be, and do what you want us to do. In Christ's name, amen.